Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. I'd like to speak with you today about the masks we wear and the shelters we seek. Some may be helpful and some may not. So thanks for inviting me to give the class today. Today is Easter Sunday, and I'd like to wish all our Christian friends and all who um, honor different traditions a happy Easter. Srila Prabhupada often spoke about the great compassion of Jesus Christ. So let me read you a little excerpt from a lecture he gave in New York in 1971. He said, A Vaishnava, or a devotee of the Lord, is always feeling for others' distress. That is Vaishnava. He said, A Vaishnava is para dukkha dukhi, one who, that means one who feels the pain of others to be like their own. They're very much afflicted with others, I mean to say, miserable life. Just like Lord Jesus Christ, he presented himself as very much afflicted with others' miserable condition of life. So all the Vaishnav devotees, it doesn't matter which country he belongs to or which sect he belongs to, anyone who is God-conscious or Krishna-conscious, he is Paradukha Dukhi, or someone who feels the pain of others to be like their own. So I also wanted to take a moment to appreciate the many other people in our society right now who are sharing that kind of compassionate mood amidst the virus, risking their lives, giving their lives to help other people who are at risk. So um, deep gratitude to all of those people, doctors and nurses and healthcare workers and also people in the grocery stores and the drug stores. Thank you. Deep gratitude to them. So yes, um, my topic today is the masks we wear and the shelters we seek. Some may be helpful and some may not. Maybe you've heard that the Chinese character for crisis is the same as um, opportunity. The same character has the same meaning in Chinese calligraphy. And the Greek word for crisis means to sift or to shake out the excesses and leave only what's important, to only hold on to what matters most and let the rest just fall away. So we're at a time of what's being called sheltering in place. People are working or studying remotely from home. And those entering workplaces are being asked often to, to take their temperature to make sure that they don't have the virus. So I've been thinking that during this time of crisis, we should also be taking our pulse to assess, where am I taking shelter right now? And it's important to take necessary precautions against the immediate causes of infection. We're being told to wash our hands, wear a mask on your face if you're going out. So we take external precautions to alleviate immediate causes of problems. It's important in the winter or at all times to have a roof over our heads, to wear a warm coat in cold weather. So a child may um, 
lean out of a four-story window, but a mother feels a protective fear and pulls the child back. So that kind of protective fear is important and given by nature. Um, but we have to be careful that we don't um, fall into a, a type of despairing fear. Some of the shelters we seek, some of the masks we wear can, can be harmful to actually going deeper in, in spiritual consciousness. For example, we might take shelter of pride or um, thinking I can do things by myself without needing any help from others, for, from a teacher or from, from God. I might be taking shelter of a designation that I'm a woman or I'm American, I'm someone else as a man or Indian, or we might be black or white or educated or poor. We might take shelter of hypocrisy, doing, saying one thing but doing another, or keeping ulterior motives or hidden motives behind what we do. Kunti Devi in her prayers in Srimad Bhagavatam says very beautifully in Sanskrit, Janmaishvarya Shuta Shribir E Damana Madakpuman Naivar Hatya Bidatum Vai Tomakinshana Gocharam. She says that uh, when we are covered by the masks of high birth or wealth or higher education, beauty, these kind of masks actually prohibit us from being able to chant the holy name of Krishna with true feeling. So these masks we wear, it's, it's a masquerade, right? I'm masquerading as a woman, an American, maybe as a man or as an Indian. So when we try to come before Krishna, we have to come before him unmasked, um, naked actually, as the gopis of Vrindavan did, because he sees um, our, our true selves. He sees underneath those that masquerade in any case also. So where is my heart? Where is my shelter right now? Am I wearing a mask that tries to cover my heart? So these designations or masks actually block the flow of our attraction to Krishna. And if I can try to remove those masks to try to go before him naked, so to speak, in, in the sense that I am yours, I know you will protect me, if we can cultivate this kind of mood, then when our masks are removed, that attraction of our hearts can rush to Krishna like the flow of the Ganges rushes to the ocean. And Krishna's protection, what does it mean? It means that if we desire it, if we seek his shelter, he will protect our consciousness to remember him, to take shelter of him, in life and at death. I think this virus is a wake-up call for all of us. We've always heard that death can come at any moment, but we become intoxicated by our illusions and we forget. But now maybe someone you know is sick or has died from this virus, and we have to remember that I can also die at any moment and be so conscious that our death can come at any moment. We each have to remove these masks to allow ourselves to feel the pain 
that this artificial mask has been designed to shield us from, really. To be able to step out of the mind we've come to believe we are, which is just a subtle covering, and to step out of the programming we've adopted to feel acceptable or to accommodate my complacent existence in this world. We kind of create a sort of caricature of ourselves. We star in our own drama or cartoon. And we have a very hard time letting go of our sufferings. Why? Because they're more familiar to us than the unknown place of purely loving Krishna or taking shelter of Krishna. I wanted to read to you a paragraph from Bhaktivigyan Goswami's commentary to the Manasiksha of Srila Raghunath Das Goswami. So he explains that in the initial stages of bhakti, um, the anarthas or the obstacles to devotion, what Srila Prabhupada calls our unwanted desires, they interrupt our meditation constantly focusing us back on our problems and our useless desires and on the image of ourselves that we have invented. This is what false ego is. And the trick of the false ego is that a person invents an image of how they are and then serves that image. This is called idolatry. And we worship the idol that we ourselves have created. So that's the end of the paragraph from him, which I thought was very profound. So I'm thinking, can I try to chant the holy name approaching Krishna without this mask? He sees through me. He sees within me anyway. And can I try to chant the holy name as though I'm hearing it for the first time? Like when someone brings you an unexpected surprise or a present, you might say, oh, for me, no, you shouldn't have. We receive something unexpected and with such delight. So can we hear the holy name as though for the first time, hearing it with delight and appreciation? Or by the same token, can I try to chant, take shelter of the holy name as though this is the last one I'll ever chant? So yeah, just thinking. And we try to chant as though it's the first one or the last one with uh, taking shelter and deep appreciation for this gift we've received from Krishna. There's a beautiful quote from Srila Prabhupada's guru, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, where he says, How have we accepted such an impoverished life of having no taste for the holy name of Krishna? Such a profound question he asks us. And someone someone has said, it's been said that the seeds of faith are always within us, but sometimes it takes a crisis to nourish and encourage their growth. So I'm thinking right now amidst this coronavirus, am I taking shelter of, um, where, where am I taking shelter? Am I taking shelter of attachment, fear, or anger? Here's a verse that Krishna speaks in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, verse 10. He says, Being freed from attachment, fear, and anger, being fully absorbed in me and taking refuge in me, many, many persons in the past became 
purified by knowledge of me, and thus they all attained transcendental love for me. So to take precaution against the immediate problem um, is important and wise. But again, we can't go to this place of despairing fear. Fear is a future focus. Srila Prabhupada explains that fear comes from worrying over the future. So yes, let's take precaution against immediate causes of the problem, but take shelter of Krishna and not take shelter of fear or worrying over the future. And what about attachment? What we do in the world is our occupation, but we're actually being maintained by Krishna. This is faith that uh, Krishna is there to protect us and maintain us, and we can take shelter of him in prayer and with faith in that way. Or what about anger? I've heard that the rates of domestic abuse are up now during this virus. So if we're feeling angry or on edge, take a deep breath and center yourself and call out, Hey Krishna, Hey Gauranga, and pray to take shelter of Krishna's holy name. Again, the breath is so centering. So take a deep breath and then Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. We don't want to accept false shelters like fear or attachment or anger at a time like this. And again in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, in again in the fourth chapter, verse number 17, he says, when one's intelligence, mind, faith, and refuge are all fixed in the Supreme, then one becomes fully cleansed of misgivings through complete knowledge and thus proceeds straight on the path of liberation. This is taking shelter of Krishna, Sri Krishna, our true shelter. But what are misgivings? Well, the Webster Dictionary says, misgiving is a feeling of doubt or distrust or apprehension or to worry about a future event. Srila Prabhupada defines faith as unflinching trust in something sublime. And what's the definition of sublime? It's an inspiring sense of grandeur or power, inspiring awe and veneration. That is Sri Krishna, our actual and eternal shelter. And what are the symptoms of taking shelter? To hearing, chanting, remembering the name, form, and qualities of Krishna. Just to give you an example, here are a couple of beautiful poems or prayers from Rupa Goswami's Padyavali. This is Padyavali verse number six, speaking about Lord Krishna. This is remembering Krishna. He says, His mere desire turns an ocean into dry land, dry land into ocean, a speck of dust into a mountain, a mountain into a clod of clay, straw into diamond-hard bolt of thunder, thunderbolt into simple straw, fire cold as ice and ice into flame, obeisance to Krishna who loves to play 
in wondrous and mischievous ways. And then now the next one, which is also beautiful. Because he is tender with affection, because he promises to make you fearless, because he quenches the anguish of the anguished, because he is munificent, because he is because he withers sin, because he offers a home of infinite fortune, the world should only take shelter of the Lord of Sri, the Lord of the Goddess of Fortune, Sri Krishna. So those are a couple of beautiful prayers in remembrance of Krishna um, from the Padyavali. So to accept what's favorable, reject what's unfavorable, have faith that Krishna is my maintainer and protector, try to dedicate myself, and always try to be meek and humble. These are six symptoms of taking shelter or surrender. The great Christian teacher Thomas Merton said, Sink deep roots into the soil of God's will and grow there in whatever weather God may bring. And this from Srila Viswanath Chakravarti Thakur, one of our great acharyas in the disciplic succession. He says, It is at night that the sunrise becomes attractive. During the hot summer, that cold water gives comfort. And during the cold winter months, that warm water is pleasing. Lamp light appears attractive in darkness, not in the glaring light of day. And when one is distressed by hunger, food tastes especially good. In other words, to strengthen the devotee's mood of depending on him and longing for him, the Lord arranges for his devotees to go through some suffering. And when he appears in order, in order to deliver them, their gratitude and transcendental pleasure are boundless. This is from Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, 88th Chapter, 8th Verse. So in conclusion, if we think that we've come to earth for our pleasure, to more or less masquerade, parade around in a masquerade, then the sufferings of this world make no sense. But if we understand that this is a place of suffering that's meant to teach us, where we can remove our facade, our masks, and correct the mistakes, try to correct the mistakes we've made in the past, then it all begins to make sense. So to try to remove our masks, to come before myself and Krishna unmasked, is to try to let go of our suffering and to try to allow ourselves to face the pain and the joy of an awakened life in a safe, secure sh space of Krishna's shelter. So a crisis is an opportunity. The crisis we're in right now, it's an opportunity to remove the harmful masks that don't really serve our ultimate good. And what, what, which is what? What is our ultimate good? To live life fully, to love truly and deeply, and to let go of life at the appropriate time remembering God or Krishna. So thank you all so very much. I think we might have some time for questions or reflections or 
what was important for you here? Um, what was a takeaway for you here? Is there any anything you'd like to share? Rukmini, this is Ananda Vrindavan here. Hello, Ananda Vrindavan. Um, could you? I just loved how you that last sentence you just spoke, or those last two sentences. Can okay? Let me go back. I wanted to hear again. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. So let me go back to this. Um, if we understand that this is a place of suffering meant to teach us where we can work to remove our facade, our mask, and correct the mistakes we've made in the past, then it all begins to make sense. So to try to remove our masks, to come before myself, actually, and Krishna, unmasked, is to try to let go of our suffering, to allow ourselves to face the pain and the joy of an awakened life in a safe, secure space of Krishna's shelter. So a crisis is an opportunity to remove the mask that doesn't really serve our ultimate good, which is what, what is our ultimate good? To live life fully, to love truly and deeply, and to let go of life at the appropriate time, remembering God or Krishna. Those were my last thoughts. That's really beautiful. Um, so my question will be, the masks we wear, more subtle masks. So we have the external body, our identity, the color of our skin, the, the language we speak, the, the country we identify with. But are there deeper levels of masks that we have to work on? Um, more subtle, mind, consciousness, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are all layers, right? Um, Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita that, that the jiva, the jivatma, is seated as though on a machine. So we're on this machine of the body, and we have these, all these dials and buttons and all these little subtle coverings. And um, yeah, I think, I think some of the profound things that people mentioned in the beginning, you said earlier, when we think I can do it all by myself, that's two-year-old thinking, right? That's an immature, infantile thinking. I can do it myself. I don't need you, Krishna. I don't need you devotees. I don't need a temple. <laughs> I don't need a guru, right? This is what, you know, like right now on the internet, you know, this is going around, be your own guru. You don't really need a guru. And Mahamantra mentioned thinking I'm a great devotee, thinking I'm so advanced. But we see from the example of our uh, great teachers, Acharyas, that those who are truly advanced think that everyone is greater than me. Everyone in this world is serving Krishna except for me. I'm the only one who is unable to serve Krishna. This is this, because what happens when someone's truly advanced, when they are unmasked and they're going before Krishna, like the gopis, right, in that unmasked, in that naked state, that I am yours, then they see that, that natural humility becomes so apparent, right? That I am small, I'm tiny. This is self-realization. I'm so tiny. I'm so small. I'm so insignificant, but yet I'm worthy. Yet I'm sacred because I'm part of you, Krishna. So, uh, yeah. These big masks that think I'm so big, like, again, I'm thinking like a two-year-old. A two-year-old, I'm so big. I'm too 
or I'm three, or I'm five. I can cross the street alone now because I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> so these are our masks, you know. And maybe we, maybe we inflict this on our children. Oh, you're such a big boy. You're such a big girl now. Act like a big girl. Don't cry. You know, big girls don't cry. Men don't cry. So all these masks. Uh, actually, in, in bhakti, we want to open the heart to be able to cry to Krishna. So without the masks, maybe I can cry more, more fully, more deeply to Krishna. Thank you so much. Anyone else have any? Any uh, thoughts? Hi, Rupini. This is Anita and Robert in San Jose. Hi, Anita and Robert. We miss you. <laughs> we miss you as well. Uh, thank you for this wonderful uh, talk. Um, one thing that stands out is this idea of uh, the fruits of our uh, lives come out in disaster. And if we embrace that, uh, there's much to learn and, and much uh, growth that we can uh, we can that can occur and although we call something like this a tragedy and certainly it is a, it is a tragedy in many personal ways uh, there's also a uh, well let me let me let me do it this way I was I read a verse in the Bhagavad Gita chapter 10 text 10 and it's something I've been pondering greatly I had traveled down into uh, the territories of South and Central America before the virus broke out studying the ancient cultures there and looking for the connections between the uh, the similarities in these cultures that were there five, seven thousand, a thousand years ago, and our modern and our modern day. And one of the things that really kept coming out for me was that everything repeats itself. And then I read this verse in the Bhagavad Gita, and it really, uh, really clears itself. It really clears itself up. Such an important verse. Let Let's read it so everyone knows the verses. Yes, the, one of so, the most it's yeah. chapter 9, text 10, and Krishna is speaking to Arjuna, and, and, and he says, This material nature is working under my direction, O son of Kunti, and it is producing all moving and unmoving beings. By its rule, this manifestation is created and annihilated again and again. And the thing that really strikes me so deeply about that is, this is the process that Krishna has set up in the material world, and it repeats itself. And I was just hoping to get your, your, uh, your thoughts on that verse in relation to what we're experiencing now in, in, the, in, the, in the world, if you don't mind. Well, you know, this, this is, thank you. Thank you for the great question. Um, this is the process of, of nature. Um, nature um, there's creation and then there's rejuvenation and, and there's destruction also in, in Vedic, um, concepts of time, time is cyclical. It's not so much that, um, God is the creator and here's the creation, but that creation is cyclical. There are, uh, numerous infinite cycles of creation and then destruction uh, the four cycles of of the yuga the yuga cycles, um, satya, tritya, dwapara, and kali. Right now we're in the kali yuga, which is considered the most degraded age. So then after this kali yuga, um, there will be a, a destruction at the end of kali yuga, and so many living beings who have decided not to take shelter of of the supreme. 
go back into the body of, of the unmanifest um, Krishna, go back into the body of Vishnu. And then there's a, another a cre creation happens again with another Satya Yuga. So the time is cyclical. So it's interesting, isn't it, that in India, um, God is not so much revered as the creator because there are so many, many creations and destructions again and again and again. And we see it in nature. Uh, it's so interesting. Maybe we've heard about the uh, the redwood forests out in California that uh, the forest rangers were noticing that they um, they were taking such good care of the forest that no new baby redwoods were sprouting up because they weren't allowing forest fires. So the forest fires, that destruction of the forest fire is very important because the seeds of the redwoods are extremely hard. So the heat of the forest fire cracks that hard seed open and then when the fire comes, the, the bed of the forest is covered with ash. And um, those little cracked open seeds are able to nestle in that ash. And some of the leaves and branches overhead have, um, have been burned away. And so a little bit of sun is able to come, come down, just the right amount of sun. This is God's perfect arrangement, right? So then those little baby redwood trees are able to sprout up through that bed of ash. So again, there's a creation of, of new and healthy trees. So this is um, this is the process. And, you know, I think even like right now, we're talking about cosmic things and universal things. But even in, in our own lives, I think um, many of our parents, our ancestors have, have uh, been through wars and tragedy and famines and depression. And, you know, maybe right now we've led a, quite a cushioned life and we haven't personally seen this so much but um these things are there in nature and they're repeated in nature and they help us take shelter of our true shelter when when our false shelters fall away like burnt up leaves then the the real shelter can become apparent and that is god Everyone cries out to God, right? Like, what did they say during World War One? There are no atheists in the foxholes. So, yeah, at the last moment, everyone will say, oh, my God, oh, my God, even an atheist. So, thank you. Hope this is helpful. Are there more questions? Maybe we can take, can we Hare take? Krishna Mata, this is Kamania. Kamania in Switzerland. Thank you for calling <laughs> in, Kamania. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, you said something earlier which um, kind of blew my mind. You talked about uh, un coming unmasked not only before Krishna but before ourselves. And right. Wow. <laughs> I was hoping you could speak more to that. And I know my mind is, is a, quite a trickster. And um, if this is something I've been doing, then I've been tricking myself into thinking I haven't been. So how could I recognize the ways in which I've been masking myself from myself. Not a very yeah. question, but No, maybe. it's an it's an it's a fantastic question and it's so important because that's what we do. I, I mentioned earlier that it's like we become the star of our own drama or the character in our own cartoon. And um you know once someone said something very wise and I've always remembered it and I want to repeat it here that as long as I think my particular version of Maya is cute, then I'm not going to be able to give it up. 
Like I might see other people, oh, he's a big criticizer, or he's this, or she's that. I might see other people in certain ways. But it's so difficult for us to see ourselves. So as long as we think that um, my particular drama or my particular cartoon is, is really so cute, then I'm not going to be able to remove myself from that facade. I have to really pray to Krishna to be able to see. Let me see what I'm doing wrong. And um, I love to always remember that Krishna says in, uh, in his form of Nishringadeva in the seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam that it is his pleasure pastime to fulfill the desires, to be seated in the heart of every living being and to fulfill the desires of his beloved living beings as he's sitting in our hearts. So he's there waiting for us to pray to him and to tell him what we would like. And we really can't do bhakti without him. We can't really chant the holy name. We can't focus on the holy name without that grace of, of, of his help, of the help of the devotees, the help of saintly, saintly people, the help of wisdom books and holy scriptures. So, yeah, this is our facade that we think um, I can do it on my own and I don't need help and, and not wanting to see what I'm doing wrong. So I think that's a beautiful prayer to Krishna. Let me see what I'm doing wrong. Let me see. There's a Scottish poet, Robert Burns. I don't remember exactly how his poem goes, but something like, let me see myself as others see me. Let me see myself as others see me. Let me see myself unmasked. Let me see what I'm doing wrong. Let me see where I'm holding pride or where I'm holding fear or where I'm holding anger, where I'm acting out, you know, where I'm holding attachment instead of trying to take shelter of attachment to Krishna. So I hope this is helpful. Hare Krishna. Hi, Krishna. Thank you, Prabhu. Um, I really appreciated your class. This is Kishori Radha. Um, my question is um, that when um, the facade is removed, um, or or the the thought of removing the facade um, leads to this hesitation that how will I be perceived by um, fellow practitioners or other devotees? Um, you know, it, there's that fear that Am I just going to be vulnerable, uh, that vulnerability? So could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, that's such a great, great question. Thank you. That fear of going to the vulnerable place. But actually, um, this, is, this is our true selves. We are tiny and we are vulnerable. And that's why we, we need to lean into Krishna's shelter. I am tiny. And I'm not such a, I'm not God's gift to the world. Even though I might be walking around acting like it, I'm acting so entitled, like I'm God's gift to the world. I'm such an advanced devotee, I'm this or I'm that. But actually when we remove those burdens, they're actually rocks that we're carrying on our shoulders. When we take those big rocks off our shoulders and can try to become tiny and try to think, I am your servant. How can I serve you? What can I do? How can I be the servant of the servant of the servant of the people of this world? Then it's like coming into my own authentic um, whole self. 
coming into my own authentic wholeness of who I really am as a humble, realized, um, shining jiva soul who's part and parcel of Krishna. This is true worthiness. And this comes from going to that vulnerable place that I'm not actually so great, you know? And when we look at the lives of saints and we look at the lives of great devotees, this is what they do. They unmask themselves. Like, for example, one, one name that occurred to me just now, Gorakushar Das Babaji Maharaj. Everyone in the area of Navadweep knew that he was a great, realized, pure devotee. So they were always coming to respect him. So he was trying to hide out, uh, doing his chanting next to a latrine, place that smelled so bad, so no one, no materialistic people would come bother him. Right? So um, this is unmasking oneself, right? So when we're, like myself, covered with pride, we're so afraid of, of giving up that illusion of thinking I'm such a great this or that, you know. But actually it's such a relief. It's such a it's like taking off taking away our burden. Our burden. Thank you. Very beautiful question. So Hare Krishna Mataji. Hare Krishna. Please accept my humble visions this Mataji. All glories to Shri Prabhupada. Mataji, uh, for me, this is Lavanya Mataji. For me, something that struck very nicely was that uh, when you talked about um, how uh, the creation is uh, Lord Krishna's creation and he is a maintainer and and uh, we don't have to worry how we have to like even I was just talking to my mother just before the class and she was saying everybody was just registered to the uh, coronavirus sitting inside the home and whatever necessities they didn't have, they're completely locked down in india so they don't have any uh any stores and any vegetables practically nil they have inside home rice is also over but they cannot go to stores and get it so but somehow they're adjusting krishna's providing and something every day a little bit to eat they're not hungry and all that so my daughter is with them they're taking care of my daughter. So uh, I, I was th we, we were discussing like how Krishna is maintaining everybody, uh, especially, yeah, of course, devotees and also everybody. So, and uh, so uh, basically he, he's, uh, my Guru Maharaj also used to say that why creation when someone asked and this, he says house of detention and house of correction. So that's one of the points you mentioned that really struck really, and I was thinking maybe this is one of the point I need to uh, I need to uh, think more deeply that uh, uh, why I'm here and suffering unnecessarily and maybe because of some fault I did uh, and uh, I, I have to correct that and maybe um, go back to the spiritual king world. So that's what I was uh, thinking, Mataji. I don't know if this is correct uh, understanding or not. You can correct me if it is right, Mataji. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, all, all of us who are in this material world have come here because of some desire. We've come here because of some desire. Otherwise, we would be in Krishna's abode, right? Yeah. So this is a time for teaching us to take shelter of our real true shelter and and it's like a practice, right? It's a practice. Now I can take shelter yeah. of Krishna because um, I don't know. 
I don't know how many moments or days or years or months I might have in this world. And, you know, I was thinking when you were talking that when I go visit uh, my friends in Delhi, I notice that they have a, a basket that they send down on a string that mm -hmm. goes down to the ground and the vegetable seller can put the vegetables or fruits in the basket and then they bring it back up on the string. Oh. So that was <laughs> such, a, such a natural and more simple way of doing it. Right, yeah. right now, maybe we falsely take shelter of what they call retail therapy. Mm. Oh, I'm feeling bad. I think I'll go shopping. I'll buy myself a dress. I'll buy myself a new pair of earrings. Or mm. you know, So maybe these artificial shelters, maybe it's time that we go back to a more simple life of, mm. of just um, knowing that Krishna is our shelter. And I've come here because why? We've come to this world because I've turned my face away from Krishna. So yes. Prabhupada gives a nice example that, that Krishna is like the sun. He puts this on the masthead of his Back to Godhead magazine. Krishna Surya Sama Maya Haya Andhakar. So Krishna is like the sun. Mm -hmm. And just like when we face the sun, everything is illuminated, right? But then when we turn around and turn our backs to the sun, mm -hmm. we get a big shadow of our body right? Yeah, yeah, go into yeah. darkness. So the fact is we've turned our backs on the one who loves us the most, the one who cares about us the most, the one who nurtures us and protects us and maintains us. We've turned our backs on him and come to this world. So maybe you've heard before that, that there's a very, maybe it'd be nice to close with this. Um, Lord Ramachandra said that if anyone comes before him, he said, even if Ravana would come before him and say, my dear Lord, I am yours. I take mm. shelter of you. I am yours. Lord Ram said that if anyone comes before him and says that, he will award them courage. Mm. So on the path of bhakti, this is recommended, that we go before the deities. Right now we can't so much go before the deities unless you have Krishna in your house or a picture mm. of Krishna. But to go before that picture of Krishna or deity of Krishna and say, my dear Lord, I am yours. From this day, I am yours. For so long, I've forgotten you. But from this day, I am surrendering unto you. And, and the Lord says that if anyone does this, even Ravana, which is amazing, if even Ravana does this, he, the Lord says, he will award that person courage. Okay. So... I like this quote. There's a, a Christian writer, Anne Lamott. She says, um, courage is fear that said its prayers. Courage is fear that said its prayers. So yes. the Lord will award us this beautiful courage if we take shelter of him in prayer. If we oh, take okay. shelter of him in prayer, then he will award us this beautiful courage. And what is that courage? The courage is knowing that I'm yours and mm -hmm. that you are mine. Krishna, mm -hmm. I am yours and you are mine. So are there any other thoughts or reflections or what was important for you? Or is, is there a question or courage, fear, attachment, anger? Are you feeling angry right now? I have a question. Yes. Yeah. Um, my name is Lada Sheila. And um, my question is, when you say you want to surrender to Krishna, um, <laughs> how do you know if you're truly surrendering or you're saying it because you know it would be pleasing to Krishna, but yet you might have, because, because of maybe minimalized faith, 
let's say that, for example, or because we just don't know what, what will happen to us. And so there's always the fear of the unknown. And even though I know that Krishna loves us more than anything, um, how do you know when you've really surrendered to Krishna? So I think that's a really beautiful question because, you know, even just the gesture of saying, my dear Krishna, I take shelter of you. I don't really know what it means to surrender to you. I don't even know what that would look like. And maybe, maybe it's just lip service, but at least I'm taking that step of coming before you and offering my words as insincere as they might be, that maybe I'm not really sincere. But um, maybe some of you know that once I asked Prabhupada, how do we become sincere? And he looked at me very intensely and he said, how do you become a thief? So <laughs> it's a great response, don't you think? So how do you become yes. You practice. So you, maybe, I'm, maybe we're not sincere. Maybe we're not really surrendering or taking shelter of Krishna, but we, we practice. So... We go before Krishna with our big egos and we say, Krishna, I, I know that I don't really know what it means to love you or what it means to take shelter of you or surrender to you, but please show me the way and show me. That's what Bhakti, I'm almost quoting literally, literally from Bhakti Vinodakura's um, Gopinath prayer. He says, show me, teach me the ways of surrender. Teach me the ways. So this is, I think this is a plea from a devotee's heart that I don't know how to chant the holy name. I don't know how to focus on your holy name. My, wa my wa mind wanders and flies all over the universe every time I try to sit down and chant your name. But only by your strength can I, can I bring my mind back to the holy name. Can I know what it means to take shelter? And, um, and, and Krishna will accept this. Just like, just like a parent, when a parent... Um, Mommy or daddy sees a little child trying to walk, you know. Krishna knows that we have the innate ability because we are his eternal sacred parts and parcels, right? So just like a child has that innate ability to walk, even though they keep falling on their little bottom again and again, the parents feel so much pleasure hearing those broken words of a child trying to say mommy or daddy or trying to walk. The parent feels so much pleasure. So. Krishna is also like that. He feels so much pleasure when we make our initial gestures as, as faulty and as, as um, Prabhupada's guru, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati says, as, he says, I am, I am honeycombed with faults. So as, as honeycombed with faults as we may be, still those little gestures are very pleasing to Krishna because we're like his little children and we're just trying to learn the, the path of surrender. So, so make, make those um, sincere gestures as you know as sincerely as you can and just practice keep trying keep trying and thank you thank you yeah. so much because i was a little nervous about even asking the question but thank such you a good question such a good good question actually once Prabhupada got that same question how do we become sincere and he answered in a different different way he said how do you become a drunkard <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do you know you would associate with drunkards and you'd find where they go for the best wine and learn to drink the way they drink and practice getting drunk and so yeah so we have to practice thank you thank you thank you Monica.
Thank you. Any other questions or reflections or realizations or what was important for you here? Hare Krishna, Arkmani Mataji. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for this wonderful class. Um, I was just reflecting on myself. Um, once, by the descending mercy, we get the courage to, you know, put forth our facades uh, with, uh, in front of the higher authorities. And uh, what I'm experiencing is, um, I'm getting genuine an association without judgment. Krishna is sending people uh, who who won't judge me by my, you know, inability or uh, my shortcoming, but they are trying to help me genuinely to overcome those shortcomings, and that's uh, one of the beautiful result of this trying to unmask. Uh, you know, not on my own strength, but by the descending mercy. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you for that beautiful realization that when we try, when we make a sincere endeavor to remove the mask, then Krishna sends us real authentic help. Yes. And, 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 and uh, wise helpers who, who are looking to see our authentic selves and help our authentic selves. Yes. Very beautiful. What a beautiful realization. Rukmini, yes. Can you read that that Thomas Merton quote again about the roots going into? Oh yeah. Let me find it. Just a second. Sometimes when we hear things in the words of our other brothers and sisters from other traditions, it becomes so powerful for us. I love this quote. He says, "Sink." deep roots into the soil of God's will and grow there in whatever weather God may bring. Mm. That's from Thomas Merton. Let me read another one that I read at, at the beginning. That you, you, um, This one's really, really nice also. I love this one. This is from someone I've never heard of before. Her name is Susan L. Taylor. And she says, The seeds of faith are always within us. Sometimes it takes a crisis to nourish and encourage their growth. Mm. So just like those baby redwood trees need that fire. So thank you all so, so much. It's two o'clock and I know you have many beautiful things to do today, like reading Srimad Bhagavatam and um, chanting the holy name. So thank you for allowing me to share these thoughts with you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.